here for the first time, you're most welcome in Jesus' name. If you're here more than once, you're also welcome in Jesus' name. If you're watching from home, uh, or you're stuck in the traffic somewhere, maybe at the airport, you're welcome in Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says, you know, the, the song they sang this morning, they said, the battle belongs to God. And they say always, in other words, your battle today or your battle tomorrow or your battle in the past, it belongs to God. Just bear that in mind. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you are always with us. Whether we are here or whether at home or wherever we are, you are with us. Thank you this morning that you're going to speak. Your Holy Spirit is here because we are here. And so that we'll receive from your word and we'll be strengthened in our resolve to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we say? Amen. Amen. I will start by reading Psalm 22. Psalm 22, I'm going to read verse 1 to 2, 6 to 8, and 14 to 18. See, I'm all over the place in Psalm 22. So I'll start. Verse 1, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, Oh my God, I cried in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I'm not silent. It carries on. It says, But I am a warm and no man, a reproach of men than despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the leaf, they shake their heads, saying, He trusted in the Lord, let him rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. I am poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like a wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a pot's shirt. And my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing, they cast lots. I'm sure we are familiar with this. This is in Psalm 22. It's amazing how the word of God is interwoven from the old to the new. This was the psalmist talking about what Jesus was going to go through on the cross of Calvary. 
And so the title of my message this morning is A True Friend Forever. A True Friend Forever. So this is what Jesus went through. This is what he suffered. And Jesus saw this, you know, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he saw this. You can understand why he was crying and groaning and moaning. And at, at one point he said to the Father, if it is possible, let this cause pass me. Because he knew it was going to be bad. It's interesting that the, 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 the movie, Passion of the Christ, he said, I watched it once and I, I just couldn't watch it again. And the truth is that that movie is not... It's, 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 it's as close as it can get. But, but the suffering and the death of Jesus was worse than that. He was deserted. He was forsaken. Even to the cross. You know, in the garden of Gethsemane, he said to the disciples, pray and watch with me. He said, pray. In Mark chapter 14, he said to them, Stay here. He took those that are closest to him, who are meant to be closest friends. He took them and said, pray and watch with me. And Mark 14 verse 38, it says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. He was telling the disciples. The spirit indeed was willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, the Bible says he went away on his own to go and pray. And spoke the same words to them as he was living. When he returned, he found them deep asleep again. For their eyes were heavy, and they did not know what to answer. And the Bible says, he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go and see my betrayer is at hand. And so, so Jesus saw what was coming. He asked them to pray with him, to stand with him in prayer. You know, there's something he said here. He said, the Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, we all have friends and families. There's something I want to say. Your friends and families, they do care. And they do love you. And they will go as far as is possible with you. So when we need to understand that when we are failed... It's not because they did not care. The spirit is strong. But they haven't got the ability sometimes, or they are not available sometimes, or it might be beyond them to help you. And so I want us to understand that, that sometimes we have friends, we have families who will go to the ends of the earth with us. 
But the truth is this. A time comes when they are not able. Either physically they are not able. Or either in their own power they are not able to help you. So going back to what Jesus was saying, he said to the disciples, my time to go and die has come. And also, you know, when Peter was, when, the, when he told Peter, I'm going to be crucified and die, Peter said, oh, that's not going to happen. Jesus said to Peter, before the, 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 the cock roast, you will deny me three times. And it happened. When Jesus went to the cross, he suffered, he was in so much pain, even the Father forsook him. In the Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, the Bible says, And the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even God, at the point of death, forsook Jesus. You see, when Jesus was crying out, it's not that he didn't understand. He, he fully understood what was happening. He knew that he had to die. But the pain, the physical pain, was too much. The father couldn't help him at that point. Because he had to die, he had to go to the grave, he had to resurrect on the third day, so that you and I can say that the battle belongs to God. You and I can say that we are always victorious. You see, when we are fighting, you see, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, our salvation doesn't mean the battle doesn't exist. That's why I love that song. The battle will always exist. But when we are fighting, we are fighting from a vantage point of victory. Amen. Amen. I will say that again. When we are fighting, it's like you're fighting a war that you know you're going to win. Yes. Yeah? Yes. You're fighting a war you see, you know that you're going to win. And that is what Jesus has done. So I'll go through my points. Number one is that Jesus will always be there. Yeah? Our Jesus will always be there. You see, Peter denied him three times. The disciples could not stay awake to pray with him. But Jesus, no matter where you are, he will always be there. In the Romans chapter 8, verse 38, it says this in Romans 8. For I am persuaded, this was Paul writing, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things, present or things to come, no height or depth, no, nor any other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is left to cover? Not even death, not even life, no angel, no principalities, nothing 
You see, Jesus, you know what Jesus has done? He allowed himself to be forsaken. He allowed himself to take all the burdens and all the weeping. He allowed himself to get to the lowest point. He allowed himself to die so that we will never be in that position. So no matter what, even at our lowest point, Jesus is always there. Amen? He is always there. You see, he is always there in good times and in bad times. The woman that was caught in adultery, they chased her down the road and were going to stone her. You see, when I read this story, I ask myself, where is the man? It takes two to tango. Where is the man? Why do, ha- why do they have to stone her? You see, that story tells us that even when the world and his wife is against you, Jesus will show up. You see, Jesus did not condone what she did. Not at all. She didn't. All right, he didn't. He, she didn't. He got, Jesus never condoned what she did. Because when she, Jesus got up, he said, Where are your accusers? The woman said, They are nowhere to be found. He said, Well, neither do I condemn you. But what did Jesus say to her? Get up, go, and sin no more. So when you are at your lowest point, When the world and his wife is against you, Jesus will be there. Amen? Amen. He will always be there. And also, what happened when the wine ran out? The first miracle Jesus did. See, it wasn't his time. Jesus was invited to this wedding, and the wine ran out. (laughs) The mother said to Jesus, you've got to do something here. He said, woman, just leave me alone. It's not yet my time. But Jesus did something at the end. The Bible says, he told his disciples, fill all the big jars with water. And he said, start dipping and getting some of those water and give to the guests. And it was the best wine. Jesus was there. So when you are doing anything... Whether you're celebrating, make sure you invite Jesus. Whether things are bad, also invite Jesus. Also, when you're not well, make sure that Jesus is at the center. Because no matter how bad it is, no matter when everybody has deserted, Jesus will stick close. In John chapter 5, verse 7, we remember about the paralytic at the well waiting for angels to stir the water. You see, the question I ask each time I read that story is that where are, because he's, the, the guy said when the, when the angel comes to stir the water, before he could get there, first person has gone in. And then he has to sit and wait. So where are his families and his friends? Where are they? Where, 
why, why were they not there to push him into the water? But you will not blame him or his family. Like I said before, the message for us today is not that our friends do not care. It's not that our family do not care, but they can't be with us 24-7. God knows how many times they have been pushing this man to this pool of water for years. And they have to go to work. They have their own plans. They have their own stuff to do. But on that day, Jesus showed up. Yeah? On that day, Jesus was there. And the Bible said, he said to the man, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him. In John chapter 5 verse 7, he says, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is there, but I am coming and another steps in before me. And we know the rest of the story. The man was made well. So whether it is sickness, whether it is lack, whether you are being condemned by the world and his wife, Jesus is always there. The second point is that no circumstances faces God. Yeah, no circumstances faces God. So the woman, imagine people rushing, a crowd rushing to stone this woman to death. Jesus didn't run away. Jesus didn't run for his life. He stood his ground and he challenged them. And they all walked away. You know, he had so much power. You know, so many times in the Bible, they wanted to kill Jesus, but they couldn't. The Bible says it wasn't his, his own time to die yet. In one chapter, he walked through the crowd that was coming to kill him. He walked away. They couldn't touch him because he knew what he came to do. And so, no matter what circumstances that you're in, no death, no circumstances, no principalities, no powers is able to stop Jesus doing what he's planned to do in your life. The third and final point is that he's a friend for you right now, and he's a friend forever. Yeah? Jesus is a friend today, he's a friend tomorrow, and he's a friend forever. You know, death, like we read in Romans, it will not separate you from Jesus. And we know about Lazarus. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. And he died. Before he died, they sent a message to Jesus and said, your friend, the one you love, is dying. He's ill. Jesus said, oh, all right. The Bible said he, still, he stayed where he was for a few more days before he went. See, the disciples couldn't understand it. Your friend is ill. You didn't go. Then when you got the news that he has died, he, he now decided to go. Not only that he has died, but he died 
For four days later, you know when they went to anoint in Jewish tradition, when somebody dies, they go to anoint his body on the third day. See, but when the women went, Jesus has resurrected. This tells us that on the fourth day, once it's past the third day, the body is, is in a bad state. But Jesus did something. See, when they got there in John chapter 11, 37, you know what the people were saying? He said, and some of them said, could not this man, they were talking about Jesus, who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? That's what they were saying. But Jesus knew what he came to do. And in verse 38 of the St. John chapter 11, the Bible said that Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said to them, take away the stone. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, by this time there should be a stench, for he has been dead for four days. But Jesus said to them, take away the stone. And we know the rest of the story. And so even though Lazarus have died, gone beyond three days, up to four days, even though there was meant to be a stench, he was resurrected. And we also know about the thief on the cross. See, these are criminals that were nailed left and right of Jesus. And one of them said to Jesus, remember me when you get to paradise. And in John chapter 23, verse 40, the, the man that was begging, he said to the other one that was mocking Jesus, he said, he rebuked him, he said, do you not even fear God? See, you are under the same condemnation, and we indeed, justly, we are receiving what we are due. But this man, talking about Jesus, he has done nothing. Then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. You see, with Razzlos and with the thief, there we are, Razzlos is dead. The criminal was at the point of death. And Jesus still showed up. So, you can understand why he said no death, no principality, nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. So our message this morning today is, we have a friend in Jesus. Amen? A true friend in Jesus. The friend we have is not just for this life. He is with us, even when the world is against us. He is with us in our time of need. He is with us even when we are ill. And he will be with us even after death. And that is a true friend to have. 
a friend that will, you see, there's so far your family and your friends can do for you. When you are dead, you're on your own. So the, the, the psalmist in 23 says, you can understand why he said that. He said, when I walk through the valley of shadow of death, which, you know, sounding a bit morbid, it's true, all of us as we are sat here, one day we walk into the valley of shadow of death. And he said, when you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you are with me. So we have a friend in Jesus that even when we walk through the valley of shadow of death, he is with us. He is with us in this life. He is with us in the life after. Because he is a true friend forever. Amen? So as the band is coming, I'm going to ask some questions. You don't need to answer it. Have you made him your friend? Are you at the lowest point right now? Have you been deserted? Do you have a need no one else or nothing seems to be able to fulfill or meet? Have you been written off? Yeah? I, I want to believe that we are all friends of Jesus as we sat here. It doesn't take a lot to become a, become a friend of Jesus. All you have to do is to accept him, make him your life friend. Confess your sin, turn around and say, forever, you are the center of all I do. I have a strong feeling that all of us are friends of Jesus. If you're not a friend of Jesus and you're sat here today, it doesn't take a lot. All you need to do is to grab someone and say, help me, let's pray, because I want to be a friend of Jesus. Because this is a kind of friend you want, a friend forever, a friend in this life, and a friend forever. Open up to him in prayer, run to Jesus, he will not forsake you, and he will never walk alone. Not, nothing and nobody can separate you from his love and his salvation. Jesus is a friend for now, a friend tomorrow, and a friend forever. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you, in you we have a friend, not just for life, but a friend forever, a true friend. We thank you that circumstances does not affect our friendship. That you are always there with us. Father, we pray that we will continuously cherish your presence in our lives through prayer. I also pray for anyone here who is not a friend of Jesus. Father, are you watching from home and you're not a friend of Jesus? I pray that you have that desire, that, that, that impact of the Holy Spirit to decide to walk with Jesus because he is a true friend forever. Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus.
and the gift of our salvation and will declare forever we are friends of Jesus forever. We'll pray in Jesus' name and we all say Amen. Amen. Thank you.